Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Good morning, Peyton. Good morning, Edwin. Glad that you get to be here two days in a row. Yeah, I'm glad to be on your podcast. Yeah, today it'll be my podcast. I'm hosting. Glad that you're my guest today. Yes, thank you. (laughs) So we've been in James chapter 3. We've been talking about speech. We've been talking about teachers. We've been talking about judgment, blessing and cursing. A lot of interesting things here. We did point out on Monday, I think it was, I think it was the Monday conversation that this chapter, as it's marked off in our modern Bibles, begins with a warning about being teachers. Mm -hmm. And on Monday, we highlighted that this paragraph we're going to read today is actually taking us back to that. Yes. If if not many of us should be teachers, well, who among us should be? Mm-hmm. Who who should be a teacher? And so James asks this question. I want to go ahead and read this. I'm going to read in James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Wisdom, what do you make of this? Well, I think he points out that there's a certain kind of teacher we're looking for, And the teacher that shouldn't be teaching is this person with demonic wisdom. Okay. Yeah, you you would think that you would think those governed by demonic wisdom would not be the ones we want in our pulpits. No, not particularly. Teaching our classes. Maybe we should start asking that as a questionnaire. Are you are you do you teach from a demonic wisdom? (laughs) Yeah. Oh yes, I teach from a demonic wisdom. Oh sorry, we can't have you up here. It's a strong word. It's, yes, it's it actually kind of it's jarring to read that word here in James for him to be talking about wisdom and folly and what's God's wisdom and what's not God's wisdom and yeah just I mean I get it earthly wisdom unspiritual wisdom okay I'm tracking with you demonic wisdom <laughs> that, I mean that just Woo. kicks me it's it, it's it, it it jars me it. It, it brings me to a standstill wanting to know what we're talking about here. So what do you make of him bringing this up and calling it demonic wisdom? I think it should jar us. I mean, the very reason he's using this terse language for a reason. Demonic wisdom. What does this demonic wisdom look like? He just he, he describes it. He talks about this jealousy, this selfish ambition. If these are the things that would drive me to be a teacher or drive me the things I'm saying, I don't need to be saying what I'm saying. I don't need to be being a teacher. Right. Back in Philippians chapter 1, we mentioned this the other day, in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 15, Paul wrote, Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my prison, in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed in that I rejoice. Here are those who teach 
out of envy, out of rivalry, they're actually they're not actually trying to bring bring people to Jesus, though they are proclaiming Jesus. They're trying to add affliction to Paul. It's like they're in competition with him. They're oh, he's now in prison, so we can get ahead. Mm-hmm. We can get the people to start following us instead of following Paul. And and maybe by the time Paul gets out of prison, they won't be listening to him anymore, but rather will recognize us as the great teachers of God's will. So it's yeah. it's an insincere, competitive, jealous, self uh, selfish uh, approach to teaching. James is talking about that same kind of thing, mm-hmm. and he calls it demonic. Be shocked by that. Yeah. Be jarred by that and be honest about it. I know I remember when I was a much younger preacher and had some mentors who were working with me. One of the things that was commonly said to me was about overstating things. Mm. Hey, Edwin, it does not do a good job to overstate things. People end up dismissing what you say when you overstate it. It's a lot better to understate things, and and then people will progress on from that. There's a part of me that wants to say that same thing to James. All right, James, don't you think you're overstating just a little bit here? Mm-hmm. He's not. It, I think his point here is you need to know this is exactly what this kind of wisdom is. It is demonic. When we think about the contrast between the wisdoms that are described in this paragraph, what do you see from that contrast there? Well, I would say just the fact that there's a contrast between two things and not three is something to take note of. Explain that to me. I might think that, okay, if I'm proceeding from jealousy and selfish ambition, then I would call my wisdom immature. That's not what James does here. Okay. He makes a contrast between heavenly wisdom and and earthly demonic wisdom. You know, I might I might take this and say, well, mine's kind of in the middle. Mine's kind of okay. Um, you know, I haven't been the best at um, focusing on the needs of others and uh, having a wisdom that shows my works and the meekness of wisdom. But I'm, I'm not that bad. I mean, I'm not proceeding from jealousy and selfish ambition. There's only two. If I'm not proceeding from this heavenly wisdom... I probably need to think a little bit more carefully if I'm not proceeding from a desire to be seen by others. Jealousy, selfish ambition. Sometimes we think three tiers, heaven, hell, and in between is the earth. Mm-hmm. And if I'm, if I'm anchored in the earth, it's kind of neutral. Yeah. I think, in fact, a lot of people today, as they're just thinking about their relationship with God, what, what many of us think is, well, I'm not, I get it, I get it, I'm no saint. I'm no saint, but I'm no devil either. Mm. I'm, no, I'm, I'm doing the best I can. I'm nice to people. I say nice things to people. I've never killed anybody. I don't sleep around on my wife. I'm, I'm really just kind of a pretty decent person. I get it. I'm not super religious. I'm not, I'm not trying to hunt God down and find him, but, but I'm not, I'm not rebelling against him either. I'm not out there doing Hitler things. I'm not out there being a, a terrible, awful, tyrannical dictator. I'm not Charles Manson. We think there's heaven and hell, and in the middle there's earth. But what we're finding out is there's actually no neutral territory. Here on earth, when I'm governed by earthly wisdom and earthly ways, and this is going to become important in the next chapter as it talks about being a friend of the world. When, I'm, when I am living by the wisdom that the world presents, I'm actually going against God. 
There is no neutral ground. And it also means that while we're here on the earth, we're actually in the midst of enemy territory. Mm. We, we are behind enemy lines. And if we allow the enemy's wisdom to govern us, we become enemies. Yeah, one of the things that makes this difficult, so difficult to not have this demonic wisdom is because it's all around us. It is this earthly quality, this wisdom that is among the people of the world, and we're surrounded by it all the time. Even people that would otherwise be among us, that would we would think spiritual people, if we're not careful, we ourselves or other people can fall into the same trap of having a demonic wisdom. And again, acknowledging they may say the right things. These people back in Matthew chapter 12 we talked about yesterday. These people, he asks, how can you speak good when you are evil? They can speak the right things for a time. But in time, we will know our hearts. Jesus will reveal our hearts on the day of judgment. So I certainly hope before that we can figure out where our hearts really are. Do we have this demonic wisdom or do we have God's wisdom? And that's a question we're really forced to wrestle with. Because again, it's one or the other. We got to make a choice here and we got to figure out what it is. For me, this ties to, again, Philippians. We've, we've already seen Paul talk about the teachers who have this improper motivation. In chapter 2 of Philippians, he talks about our master, our king, and being more like him. In Philippians 2 verse 3, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility of mind count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. If we want exaltation, the path to that exaltation is not the worldly wisdom of self-promotion and self selfish ambition and, uh-huh. and jealousy and envy. It's walking like Jesus. Jesus didn't go to the cross out of jealousy. No. Jesus didn't go to the cross out of selfish ambition. He did that out of service, mm-hmm. out of love. And there we see the contrast in the wisdom. I think one of the things that makes this difficult for me, um, and I feel like we've implicitly acknowledged this a few times, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Paul is driving towards this pure love, this biblical love that would eradicate the problems that they have. They've got all these various problems with division, uh, even sexual immorality within the church. They've, they've got some big problems. And he says, love is the solution. And that, in fact, there are people who would otherwise make big sacrifices, give up their bodies to be burned, but if they have not loved, they gain nothing. I tend to think that if I'm doing spiritual things, spiritual, big spiritual things, as long as I'm doing big spiritual things, I'm okay. James and Jesus say that's not true. I can actually be doing grand spiritual things that would otherwise be so good and so so um, things that would otherwise th- seem to be devoted to God and still be doing it out of the wrong attitude, still be doing it from a demonic wisdom. Mm, that's scary. That is scary. Check the heart. Yes. Check the heart. This gets us back to Proverbs and where James does mirror Proverbs as it talks about us guarding the heart because from it flow the, the springs, springs of, of life. life. Yes. My life comes from what's in my heart. The wisdom that governs me, that I open my eyes to and my ears to, that's what's going to end up coming out in my life. One thing I really want to make sure we bring up here is the contrast on this wisdom, the demonic wisdom, is about selfish ambition. Mm. It is about jealousy and rivalry. 
It is the world's wisdom. It is how the world thinks things should be done. If you are ahead of me, the world's wisdom says, I need to try to get ahead of you. Mm -hmm. If you are over me, the world's wisdom says, I need to try to get over you. Mm -hmm. I need to try to get ahead of you. We have some supposedly Christian theologies today. The, the label that is given to them is liberation theologies. These theologies say that the history of mankind is nothing more than power struggles, and that what Jesus did was come to continue the power struggle. He came to take those who had been oppressed, those who had lost power, in order to give them power. And the way it is proclaimed today is that if you were an oppressed person, you need to rise up and take the power. You need to be the one that gets in power. And and you're not okay until you have brought down the patriarchy, until you have brought down the government, until you have brought down the wealthy. Has our history been full of power struggles? Of course it has. But what Jesus demonstrates to us is that when we're in the middle of a power struggle, if we're the one that is powerful, that is mistreating people, we're going to be judged for that. We need to stop. Mm -hmm. If we're the ones that are being mistreated, rather than taking up arms and trying to liberate ourselves, we need to understand that liberation comes through Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross, and his kingdom is going to be fulfilled. His kingdom is going to overcome and overthrow. He's going to take care of that. Yes. It's not about us taking up arms. Rather, we, rather than seeking power and politics, we show our wisdom through the meekness of wisdom. Mm -hmm. And back in Psalm 37... And Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, it's the meek that will inherit the earth. Not those, not those who rebel and revolt and take up arms and try to seize power. When we're doing that, we're doing it the world's way, and there's no neutral ground. When we do things the world's way, we're doing it demonically. Mm -hmm. And there's only two options, God's way or the demon's way. We're going to talk tomorrow about godly wisdom. Andrew's going to get to be with me. I know we're, we'll spend more time on that. But we need to get rid of this demonic, earthly, unspiritual wisdom. I'm going to go ahead and wrap things up with a prayer here. Holy God, fill us with your wisdom. Crush the earthly, unspiritual, de demonic wisdom that has filtered into our hearts and minds just from seeing it throughout our culture and our society, through the television that we watch, through the songs that we hear, the movies we see, the books that we've read, the social media posts that, that excite us, through the news, all of those things that, that promote us and fill us with earthly wisdom. Overthrow that. Fill us with your spirit, with your son, with yourself, with your wisdom and your word that we might demonstrate our faith and our wisdom by works done in meekness. It's through your son Jesus that I make this request. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. 
Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.